You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two sports writers who got started covering the Chargers doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which we did for five seasons. I write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. Remember, you can find the show anywhere you get your podcast from, and you can follow or subscribe for absolutely no pay at all. If you ever have to pay for this show, something went terribly wrong, but you can follow us wherever you get your podcast from. Thanks for joining us today on another day where we're just basking in the Chargers week one win against the Washington football team. And we have a lot to get into today. And I think one of the things we wanted to start with today, David, is just paying a tribute to Keenan Allen because I think he was criminally under-involved in our show last night. And he obviously deserved a ton of respect for what he did in Sunday's game. I mean, criminally underrated. And I think last night, underappreciated by us. And then we're going to get into something that we've always done with these games. And we're going to get into what went right and what went wrong. We'll start with what went wrong in segment two, talk about the run defense a little bit, the red zone offense a little bit, a couple of players that need to step up going forward, and then we'll wrap the show up on a positive note with what went right. We'll talk about Rashawn Slater's big day, Joey Bosa putting up ridiculous numbers, as well as Derwin James, and so much more for what went right. There's obviously more in that segment because we are impressed by the Chargers win. Before we get into that, though, if you guys are looking for a Sunday pregame show that talks about every game and every team in depth, check out the Lockdown NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football every Sunday morning with host Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe to Lockdown NFL on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And don't forget to turn on the notifications to be notified when the show goes live on Sundays. All right, David, well, we wanted to get into Keenan Allen specifically because last night there was so much to get into when we did our game recap, and we'll talk about even Mike Williams later because he deserves some appreciation too. But Keenan Allen deserves a lot more than we ended up giving him last night after the game he put together. I mean, we were talking about it before the show. You just see Keenan Allen, nine catches for 100 yards, and you're like, oh, hey, like, that's another Keenan Allen game. You know, good job, but nothing special. When in fact, it's like, okay, now Keenan Allen just on pace for 153 catches and 1,700 receiving yards with the game that he put up in week one. And he ended up talking with Pro Football Talks Mike Florio, and he also had some funny things to say about the game. But first, I just wanted to start by saying Keenan Allen is one of the best receivers in the league. He's the best route runner in the league. He's the best first down getter on a third down in the league. He's the best third down converter. Statistically, he gets the most first downs on third down. And it was time, David, for us to at least shout him out because he is such a great player, one of, if not the best Chargers receiver of all time. Yeah, I mean, one thing that you said yesterday on yesterday's show is something that Brandon Staley said in his post-game press conference, or his post-game speech, excuse me, to the players, when you basically said, hey, when you know you got to have it on a third down, and you know where the ball is going to go, and you can't stop it, you know you have a premium player, and that's exactly what Keenan Allen is. Keenan Allen is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and I think we probably just take him a little bit for granted, and we definitely mm-hmm. shouldn't because he's obviously around the league. I think he's getting a little bit more respect as he continues to stack healthy season on top of healthy season and gets further away from that you know injury moniker that he had in the beginning of his career. Now he's just a dude that goes out there 
and gets you 100 yards receiving regularly. And for us, we've been so spoiled with that ability, but we shouldn't be. We have to give him his props because he's earned it. He put the work in to be one of those premier wide receivers, to be one of the best route runners in the NFL, and it shows itself, and it did in this first game, where he was open all over the football field. Anytime you looked at him, Keenan Allen was open. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's always open if you ask him, and I mean... The stats would probably back it up. I mean, Keenan Allen is always open in one way or another. He did have the one drop, right? And he was talking about that in his press conference after the game. And he made, you know, he growled a little bit and made a face about how he feels. And he said he wants to start the whole season over. He's going to restart the whole season. Come on, Keenan. And like, this is the other thing, too. This isn't going to be the best game from Keenan Allen this year either. I mean, this is going to look like a very good game. Not a great game when things are all said and done for Keenan Allen because of the excellent standard that he set for himself and what we're going to see from him, I believe, going forward. I mean, there are a lot of those catches are brought down near the average yards because it's like they're just wanting him to go get five yards on a third and four. And then that's the thing. Like, on the first drive, he gets the first down on third down to get the Chargers set up for a three-yard Austin Eckler touchdown. On the very last drive of the game, he gets two third down conversions including on third and four, like you were talking about. They know it's going to him. They can't stop him. He gets that first down and ends the game. And the Chargers put the ball in their best two players' hands. Well, and that was the perfect example of guys who have rules for their routes and then guys who have guidelines for their routes. That was an option route for Keenan Allen. He was the one that was able to decide what type of route he was running. He read the defender, and he ran the appropriate route, and Justin Herbert hit him, and that was the that was the game. Yeah, he's so good. and like. He's also just the best, too. Like, he makes that catch and immediately stands up and just starts waving bye, you know, to everybody in Washington <laughs> at the game. Like, he's just like, all right, that's done. Reminds and then me of Philip Rivers when he was waving bye. Yeah, and you can talk it as long as you back it up. And that's the fun thing is Keenan Allen talks the talk, but he walks the walk as well. And that's why he's able to get away with it. And that's why it always comes off in his favor, right? And he told CBS Sports HQ after the game, I told Chase Young that if they were in man coverage, they were going home. And they were in man coverage, bye bye. <laughs> like, that's just <laughs> so good from Keenan Allen. And, like, it's one thing to be a great receiver, but to also just be such a character like him, such a good dude, seemingly, but also just a guy that's not just going to say something to say something. Keenan Allen wears his heart on his sleeve, and he is one of the biggest leaders of this team and was also speaking about one of the other biggest leaders on this team, Brandon Staley, to Mike Florio of pro football talk and what he had to say I thought was pretty cool to hear from somebody that we know has so much respect in that locker room Allen said of Brandon Staley true leader real players coach he comes to work every day shows up with incredible energy gives us a game plan and we go for it he's one of the best I've been around and then kind of took a shot at the old coaching yeah, staff these are the said, big comments right here yeah and David that was the thing too is in those other comments that you were talking about he said something we've all been thinking, right? Which is differently coached, I would say. I think we were a little better schemed. No disrespect to the last coaches, which, side note, always means disrespect. We've had a little better schemed, a little better prepared. And you could tell, because in the big moments of this game, when you ended up coming out in the first half and having that opening drive where it just was perfection, when you're the team that's not disorganized at the end of the game, and seeing the performance the Chargers put together in that fourth quarter, they were a much better prepared team this year, David. So it was nice to see one of the players go out and say it, you know, kind of disregarding the feelings of the prior coaching staff, 
but going out there and saying the truth. That's not something that you hear all the time. It's nope. really rare when a player comes out and says it even that candidly. And he didn't come out and say it like, hey, these guys suck. I mean, he can't do that. So he wor- still worded it in a way that you really just don't see in this day and age. So when Keenan Allen said that, it was like, yep, it's definitely true. But it's just definitely caught you uh, caught you by surprise. But that's exactly what happened. The Chargers were very, very well prepared in this game. The play calling, which is something we're going to talk about a little bit later, I thought was fantastic. And the first drive and the last drive of this game, Daniel, was pretty much perfection. It's exactly what they wanted to go out there and do. They did exactly what they wanted. They laid it out and they executed. And that's all you can hope for in the NFL. And they made adjustments, which is something that we have. Hallelujah. From past Chargers coaches. I mean, yes, at the beginning of the game, you want to start the game off strong. I mean, there's not, we've usually with the Chargers only seen it one way or the other. You either start strong and you finish badly, right? Or you start poorly and then you finish strong. Like, it, you never got the option of both. The Chargers whipped out both on Sunday. They had all the tools in the bag. The coaching was there. The players executed when they had to and really overcame some pretty tough officiating at times to get it done. But definitely oh, just God. wanted to take this segment here to really appreciate what Keenan Allen has been able to do because it seems crazy that he seems like he's still getting better. And I really think that's kind of like what we're witnessing. And it doesn't look like he's slowing down. Not at all. Anytime he seems soon. faster this year. He seems quicker. I mean, the alien, the slayer, Keenan Allen has got it all going on this year. And he absolutely deserved to get talked about on this episode and every episode of the Locked On Chargers podcast. But we do have two more segments to get into because we got to get into what went right and what went wrong in the Chargers. 20-16 to win against the Washington football team. So coming up after this, we'll start with what went wrong so we can end things on a high note at the end of the show. But red zone offense and run defense were two things the Chargers struggled with. We'll talk about how it went down coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. Spoiler alert, guys, the best time to bet on any kind of sports is right now, and BetOnline is the one place that we trust, and it's the best place. where you are going to get live betting. You're going to get the best odds and props that you can find with a new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can receive a 100% bonus that's double your initial deposit just for signing up from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season and to double your money. Make sure you guys enter the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys. Well, now it's time to get into a segment that I've missed a little bit because we haven't really done this in a while. And it's definitely something that I like to do after games because there's only so much you can get to in a recap, right? In a 30-minute show where you only get to do three segments. There's always leftover stuff we have to talk about the next day, David. And that's always a great opportunity for us to get into what went right and what went wrong for the Chargers on Sunday. We're going to start with what went wrong. And even though the Chargers won, obviously, there were some things that went wrong. So I'll start us off. The officiating was terrible. That's what oh, went wrong. My God. It was the refs. The refs did it. It's easy to blame the refs after a tough loss. I'm going to blame the refs even in a win because the officiating was horrific. On that last drive, the Chargers did get bailed out by Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen after a phantom call on Odea Bushi for an illegal hands to the face, which wasn't. His hands roughing the didn't even calls. come close. It's just the, ridiculous. It wasn't. And the fumble goes through the end zone that was actually 
an incomplete pass. I mean, so much went wrong. I just had to at least throw that out there for what went wrong because that had to be in there, even though I have stuff specifically about the Chargers. But where do you want to start us off? Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I can't stand that officiating that we saw in that game. They they literally gifted the Washington football team another possession because they missed a call. And the worst part about it is that they send it to New York and they even missed the call. It's just, man, that that's bad. I hope that's not a representation of the, how the officiating is going to look going forward. But for me, my first went, what went wrong of the 2021 season in this game is scoring Field goals instead of touchdowns. The Chargers, I mean, they were they looked good on offense. They had a good rhythm for most of the game, I would say. But when they get into those red zone opportunities, they could not convert. They had to kick the field goal. And hey, to Tristan Viscano's credit, he made the field goals, even though they were uh, both a couple of chip shots. But in this league, you cannot get in the red zone and not score touchdowns. So that for me is the first what went wrong. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you there because it had to be fixed. And it goes with one of my points that I already had on here, which is the struggles with the red zone offense. And they only scored two touchdowns and six trips to the red zone. That's 33%. Not good. That's not a good conversion rate. On top of that, you have two trips to the red zone where you don't score anything. That's the number one big boo-boo you can't do in the NFL. You can't make it inside that 20-yard line and come away with zero points. You just can't do it. And the Chargers yeah, turning went, the ball over twice. Yeah, and one of them wasn't really their fault, but it's not as if we know they would have got a touchdown. They probably would have at least got three. And, you know, to Tristan Vizcaino's credit, it wasn't just the two field goals, David. He made both the extra points as well. So he did. We talk all about, you know, missed kicks from last year with Michael Badgley. Who Michael Badgley cut? missed two kicks. <laughs> Right, missed a 47 yard field goal, missed a PAT, and got cut. Tristan Viscaino, four for four. Good game. You don't deserve to be in this what went wrong segment of this, but the interception from Justin Herbert, just a poor decision. Nothing I'm overly concerned about. And obviously the fumble that goes through the end zone. But yeah, the Keenan Allen drop that would have been a first down, potentially setting up a touchdown. And Mike Williams in the red zone, not catching that ball in the end zone, because that's the thing that people forget. One of the Chargers turnovers could have been avoided had Mike Williams caught that pass in the end zone. So and it was Mike catchable. Is, oh, it was super a catchable, catchable ball. Yeah, super catchable. So that was something that has to be better. I mean, you have to convert. It worked out against the Washington football team, who I do think are a good team. They're not a great team. And if you want to beat the great teams, if you want to beat teams like the Chiefs, you can't do that once you get to the red zone. Settling for field goals, coming away with zero points, when you're not like, you know, going for it on fourth down, which still sucks, but at least like you're going for it. This time you just turn the ball over twice. It can't happen. And obviously there were some extenuating circumstances, but just overall, you just can't do that in the red zone. You have to score. You have to be more efficient there. The next thing I want to get into for what went wrong for the Chargers, I think has to be the run defense. And I think it's not something I'm overly concerned about because it does seem like there's something to Brandon Staley just being like, hey, we're going to give you four to five yards on those runs. We're going to give you single team matchups up front. If you want to take those four or five yard runs, you can. The explosive run to Antonio Gibson wasn't great. I mean, a 27-yard run, you have to cut things like that out. Overall, though, you give up 27 carries for 127 yards, and that's just not going to be good enough, especially for good teams who are trying to put you away with it. I mean, it seemed like for the Chargers, what really happened is, you know, they would have a couple of bad runs given up by them, and then after that, they would end up getting a tackle for loss or a penalty would push Washington back, and then they would have to kind of throw it. And if you're going to take it four yards at a time, 
There's more chances for you to fumble. The Chargers force three fumbles. There's more chances on your way down the field that you're going to slip up. And that's what Brandon Staley is waiting for in a lot of time. But I do think there is some blame to be spread, David, especially that interior of the defensive line got pushed around a little bit. Eric Banks pushed around a little bit. Not a lot of guys making plays up front, and we saw a ton of those dudes doing it in the preseason. Different dudes, worse competition, but that was something that was a little alarming coming out of the game. Yeah, I agree. And to add to that, I think the Chargers had a problem with missed tackles in this game, too. There was several guys who yep. missed multiple tackles in this game. Kaiser White is a guy who stands out to me who missed at least two or three to my count. Uh, and that's just something, hey, it's it's the first game of the season. Uh, it is correctable. Uh, I do expect them to clean it up. So I'm not overly concerned about it right now. But it is something I have to highlight about what went wrong in this game because it, it was apparent to me. Uh, but another thing we were talking about kind of indirectly that is also what went wrong in this game is the drops. I mean, they had at least oh, six yeah. or seven dropped passes in this game, which could have completely changed the landscape of how this game went. The Chargers conceivably could have added two more touchdowns to their list if they didn't drop passes that would have either scored a touchdown or would have led them to continuing a drive that could have ended in a touchdown. So the drop passes, again, another controllable, something that I know they can work on. I expect Mm -hmm. it to get better, but it was a, a little bit shaky in this first game. And I thought as far as penalties went, there were some dumb penalties which have to fit into the what went wrong as well. But not a lot of holding penalties on the Chargers offensive line because although, you know, they did give up a couple sacks against that defensive front, they could have caused a lot of penalties. And those 10-yard penalties are going to really, really derail drives. So that was something that definitely stood out as well as you got to cut those penalties out, especially extending drives like we were talking about. But how are you feeling about the Jerry Tillery breakout player of the year at this point, David? I have to ask you just because another game goes by and I saw it out there, you know, pro football focus, 28 pass rush attempts. Zero pressures on the quarterback in Sunday's game against the Washington football team. That's tough, and he has to get better. And I'm not, I mean, he deserves to be held accountable. It wasn't a good game. His specialty is not to play against the run, nor is he an elite run defender. He's out there to get pressure on the quarterback. I still think he can get better. I'm not going to put my eggs in that basket. I, that's why I refrain from him or Nazir Adderley, who had some <laughs> tough moments as well when we were picking him, because I already fell for it once, right? He was already my breakout candidate. That was rough to see in 28 pass rush attempts. Yeah, it's definitely not what you want to see with Jerry Tillery going into this season where it's really a make or break for him. He really has to come out of the gate strong and show that he can develop and get better and put on some good weight, not play as high. And through one game so far, it definitely does not look great. Although I do trust Brandon Staley and his staff to get more out of Jerry Tillery than the previous staffs. So we'll wait and see on that. But as of one game... Definitely not looking great for him going forward. But uh, I, I'm glad that you mentioned Nizir Adderley because he did not have the best game in, the, in this game. Uh, a couple of missed opportunities where he should have had a pick. It wouldn't have mattered because there was an illegal contact penalty. But when you're in that position, you, you have to get your hands on that football. A couple of plays where he was out of position. Nizir Adderley did not have a great game in this one. But my last one here is the end-of-half defense. That's just something that's plagued the Chargers in years past. They let them get a bad penalty from Joey Bosa with a, with a roughing the passer penalty, and then they hit the 48-yard field goal. After they execute a really nice offensive drive to get down there and kick the field goal, they have to shut it out from there. They, they can't get soft and allow them to go down and score points. They have to cut it off. 
So I'd like to see that improve as we go on. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, let's be honest too. They did it better in the second half right where they got the ball back. I mean, I know it was six minutes, 43 seconds left when they got the ball back, but that was a huge possession for the football team. They get nothing out of it and have to punt. You'd still like to see a better effort at the end of the first half. I was excited to see how they come out. It's not as if they just gave it to them schematically, but with that penalty, it put some life into their offense that made them think, oh, we can go steal three points right now. And they did. But going back to Nazir Adderley, I thought he had some moments. There was a time he got up really quick in run defense and made a nice tackle, but it did matter on that play because it went from a five-yard holding penalty on Michael Davis on Terry McLaurin to a 34-yard reception. So if he just even knocks that down, that's a difference of 30 yards almost, right? It would have been an automatic first down. They wouldn't have got the you know defense off the field if he makes the play. You can't let that ball get completed because what happens, it ends up number one on Center's top plays when you can't make it, and then you get beat one-on-one in the end zone by Logan Thomas. Not great. And having Brandon Staley call you out for the, you know, Asante Samuel Jr. pass interference call. Not a good game from Nazir Adderley. I still think he can grow. He does have a lot on his plate in this new defense, and I guess he's getting the communication part of it. Two guys that you need to see break out this year weren't able to do it, and there's still a lot of time left. And we still have a lot of positives to get into in this game. And up next, we'll get into what went right in this game, including... Rashawn Slater in the offensive line, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, and much more coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that if there's ever any kind of auto part that you need, the only place to go is rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and miles, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers and access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money and use Rock Auto. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and you're going to get a great price because whether you're a daily driver or a mechanic, everybody gets the same low price at rockauto.com. And they have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. And all you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. I also need to tell you guys about the newest way to stream everything that you need, and that's DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports and highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in to get the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you guys a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, and no more needing to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, David, well, we always like to end the show with what went right in the game. And we talked about a lot of the positives yesterday, but I have to start here with Rashawn Slater because, I mean, as the stats came out from yesterday, his performance just got that much more ridiculous. You have to. You have to talk about Rashawn Slater. He is the prodigal son. For so long, we've looked at, you know, first-round tackles. We go through the draft process. We look at all the first-round tackles that Tom Tolesco could take, only for him to skip all of them and not pick any of them, right? And that happened for... Eight years under Tom Telesco, 
And this year, the 13th pick is Rashawn Slater, who in every phase of his offseason, he's been impressing. I mean, whether it's training camp and hearing him go up against Joey Bosa or also in the preseason game where he got a limited amount of snaps, he looked great. And then we had to see it happen in the game against Chase Young, of all people, who he kind of made his name on, right? He made his name beating Chase Young in college when Chase Young was at Ohio State and he was at Northwestern. He did it again. I mean, he absolutely shut down Chase Young. Chase Young went to the other side to Brian Bulaga to try it on that side and try Storm Norton instead because he wanted no part of Rashawn Slater. But this is from CBS Sports HQ. 49 pass blocking snaps, David. No sacks, no hits, no pressures, or hurries allowed. I mean, it doesn't get much more ridiculous than that. It was an absolutely wonderful performance by Rashawn Slater, one that we are just so foreign to. It's just... It's weird to see a left tackle go out there and play and be that dominant. We just haven't seen that in a Chargers uniform in many, many years. So that was really exciting. But not only did he play well, but the rest of the offensive line also really played well. I mean, not only did Rashawn Slater play well, but the entire offensive line really played well. According to Pro Football Focus, the offensive line only gave up five pressures the entire game. And that is just ridiculous. We're just not used to seeing that. The last year's offensive line was one of the worst in the league. The offensive line before the year before that was also one of the worst in the league. So to see guys that they brought in with four brand new starters on this offensive line come in and play the way they did, even Storm Norton came in and only gave up one pressure. He did give up the sack, but after that he played very, very well. So got to give kudos to this offensive line. Definitely a shining light, and hopefully that shines throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, and Storm Norton, I mean, as soon as you come in, they know exactly where to go, right? I mean, they know to target you. They know they're going to have their best chance on your side. And that was the pressure. I mean, the pressure was the hit on Justin Herbert, which should have been an incomplete pass, and it was a quarterback hit and all of that. But this is from Daniel Popper. Chargers only allowed pressures on 12.2% of Justin Herbert's dropbacks yesterday. Per True Media Sports, that was the lowest rate in the league. Just incredibly impressive performance against one of the best defensive fronts in football. I knew the offensive line was going to be better. They were the best in the league at protecting Justin Herbert on Sunday. This franchise made the investments they had to to have this happen. Obviously, the depth can still be a concern. This is only one game. But that's exactly what you wanted it to look like. And even, you know, far exceeding our expectations. Like, just being better. They could have been better and been so much worse than they were on Sunday. That's something to be super stoked about. And we talked about Keenan Allen, David. I think now it's time to talk about Mike Williams because Mike Williams was really, really impressive on Sunday. He did have the infuriating drop in the end zone, and obviously that has to stop. That wasn't even really a very difficult catch based on the Mike Williams catch scale, right? And I think that yeah, kind we've of works seen against him, him bring down those balls regularly. So that was definitely one of them that we expected him to get. And we also saw, though, that the Chargers' red zone offense was struggling all day, and when they get it back inside the five-yard line, The play they finally break through on, Mike Williams' back shoulder throw in the end zone for a touchdown one-on-one. That is valuable, right? And the other thing is finding him on that little shot play. And you had a video of it on Twitter, right, where you're just throwing in between the safety and the corner and just finding that space. He can do that. He can get the back shoulder throws like he did on the final drive of the game where the Chargers iced him and put the game away with the offense on the field. He can do that. It was a career-high eight catches for 82 yards on 12 targets. He deserves a shout out, David, because we knew there were certain parts of his game that he doesn't excel in and creating separation and all those things. But when you have a quarterback who can fit a football in a shoebox from 40 yards away, you can make those throws when he's covered. 
Yeah, absolutely. Justin Herbert definitely made Mike Williams a better wide receiver in this game. There's no question about that. But also, I really loved the the plays where they gave Mike Williams an opportunity to create in space. That was one of the things that I think that he did in years past that was really good. They used to get him going across the middle of the field yeah, on Yeah, never slants. enough, though. We've never yeah, seen it enough. Right, never enough. But that was an aspect of his game that I thought was really underrated and criminally underused. It was something that they did in this game, and he did he did really well with it. He spin out of a tackle, stiff-armed a guy, and was able to create yards after catch. He is a big physical wide receiver, and he can do that. So definitely shout-out to Mike Williams in this game. One of his better, more complete games, and it could have been better because he dropped a few passes with this stat line. So good things ahead for Mike Williams. And to talk about some of those plays, you have to talk about the play calling. The play calling in this game, I think I thought Joe Lombardi had a, a phenomenal game. There were several play calls that we have not seen before. Uh, I loved how they motioned Keenan Allen back into the backfield and threw a little angle route to him to get a first down. Uh, I loved the just the running plays that were set up by the passing plays. They they really it was really a smooth operation. I think. Uh, and they, they had some really long drives. I mean, 10, 18 play drives where they had a, a lot of success. So I really love the introduction of this offense by Joe Lombardi, and I hope it continues to express itself as we go on. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that the biggest thing for me, and I talked about it on Twitter a little bit today, is it wasn't just a check down offense, right? Austin Eckler didn't even have a target. They didn't need him to. They weren't relying on him to make a dude miss and go pick up a first down on a ball he caught behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, there were some wide receiver screens and stuff like that near the line of scrimmage. This was an offense that was pushing the ball down the field. It wasn't the big Tyron Johnson, Jalen Guyton, 75-yard catches, but consistently 15 yards here, 17 yards here, 19 to K.J. Hill, 20 to Mike Williams, 17 to Josh Palmer. That's the way they were attacking, and that's the kind of offense that's fun to watch when you have a quarterback like Justin Herbert. Either way, though, I do have to switch it over to the defensive side of the ball and talk about a couple of guys who really deserved it. And let's start with Joey Bosa because I've seen different numbers out there, but Chargers defensive end Joey Bosa had a 60% pass rush win rate per next-gen stats, which is the second highest win rate for 15-plus snaps since 2020, according to ESPN. That was from Chris Russell, who does Locked On football team. That's crazy. 60%? I mean, <laughs> 60% is what it says. Wow, that yeah. is absolutely ridiculous. Now, to put that in perspective, people, a 30% pass rush win weight is considered really, really good. So to double that is absolutely out of this world. And try saying pass rush win rate five times fast because I will You're tell you You're definitely going to fail. <laughs> I can't even say it once. Pass rush win rate, pass rush win rate. All right, all right I got it a couple times. I'm going to stop there before I embarrass myself, but... That's ridiculous. I mean, that's just otherworldly numbers. He's second, I think, since he came into the league behind Aaron Donald, and he's somewhere in the 20s, I think, for his career pass rush win rate. So he's ridiculous. He's usually around 30. In this game, he had 60%, which just means nobody stood a chance when they were in front of him. Those numbers are totally backwards. And we also have to talk about Derwin James, David, because when you look at the stat sheet, it's hard to really encapsulate what he did. It's and not I super to- sexy. No, it's not. But I will say this. He broke up the first third down of the game, right? Third and four, breaks it up, takes some points off the board for Washington, took an illegal block and still made an open field tackle, which was ridiculous, and it pushed them back 15 yards. And he was also blitzing, getting pressure on the quarterback, and also getting downhill, making big tackles, 
And that's not even to talk about all the times where maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick or Taylor Heineke wanted to go at him and just realized how good of coverage he was, so they just wanted to totally stay away. So Derwin James back on the field, second highest graded safety according to PFF, depending on how you feel about PFF. Either way, he was awesome. It was just good to see him out there and be himself and be healthy and be strong and be confident in everything that he's put into this to come back from those devastating injuries after missing essentially two seasons for him to come back and look the way he looked, being the signal caller, uh, holding, having that green dot on his helmet. I thought Derwin James had a great game. It wasn't a super sexy stat line, but he impacted the game all over the field, and that's what you want, and that's what you expect from Derwin James. Yeah, and he's another guy where it's easy to take this game for granted and not realize how good he was. I'm here to tell you, the dude hasn't lost nothing. I mean, the dude hasn't lost a step. He hasn't lost the instincts. He hasn't lost the physicality through everything he's gone through the last couple of years. And that's super impressive. Like, the dude is just crazy. It's easy to be, you know, you can be a vocal leader and not be a good player. Like, you can be a good player and not be a good leader. To have somebody that brings in that energy on a daily basis to your squad, who's a captain of your team, and can go out there and legitimately be the best player at his position in the NFL when he's healthy. Derwin James, once again, really, really good. What a pleasure to see that dude back on the field. That dude makes you love football. Watching that dude play, watching that dude get downhill, watching him cover receivers like it's nothing, and being right in their hip pocket, as advertised as more, more than lived up to the hype. Derwin James is back, and he's back of the vengeance. And that is a scary thought for other teams around the league, David. So that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We will be back with you guys tomorrow. We do have a couple voicemails. Maybe we'll get into some voicemails for you guys. If you guys want to get in on that action and give us your, you know, pregame thoughts for the Cowboys or even your reactions to game one against the Washington football team, you guys can get it on the show by calling into 323-524-7924 to the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line because we're trying to get every voicemail on the show. So we're going to try to get that to you guys. To make sure you guys don't miss it, make sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the new Odyssey app. It's absolutely free to subscribe or follow wherever you get it from, and make sure to rate and review if you can as well. Another way to interact with us and also make sure you get the show is to follow us on social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD, and you can also find the show's Twitter at LockdownLAC. We also have an at Lockdown Chargers Instagram page, which I promise we're getting better at, and also a Lockdown Chargers Facebook page as well. But make sure you guys are back here with us tomorrow to get the latest on the Chargers and get into some Chargers voicemail reactions to a huge week one win. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.